In 2017, the number of YouTube content creators earning six figures a year grew by 40%. That's over 100,000 US dollars a year. Now, more and more hopefuls are joining the platform with the thought of earning a living. But is it possible in South Africa? And what can we as South Africans get out of the platform? For this episode of Minimeme, I spoke to a few South African YouTubers to find the best advice for those looking to start making videos. Here's what they had to say. My name is Sandira Chetty. My name is Sipon My name is Michael Costa. My name is Gareth Mason. My channel is called Hales World. I'm Nobi Samda. And my name is Bongega Masango, and I am also a third of Bob Culture. I'm a video content creator. I'm a YouTuber. So, you want to be a YouTuber and you have no idea where to start. It's daunting, but it is doable, and the YouTubers I spoke to agree that it's worth it. From cultivating a community with like-minded viewers to being invited to events in countries you may never have visited, YouTube, when done right, can change the course of your life. But where do you start? The first thing to consider when creating a channel is as simple as it is tricky. What videos are you going to make? And why do you want to make them? If you take enough time to actually understand and identify what you're about first, everything else starts to fall into place because then those answers will come, at, will come naturally. YouTuber Gareth Mason uses the platform to inspire little people like himself. Sandira Chetty always wanted to be in front of the camera. Here's Michael Cost and his inspiration. When you search South Africa in YouTube um, on the search engine and you only find videos about car crashes or CCTV footage of criminal activity and I really wanted to start spreading a positive message about the country. YouTube is for anyone who wants to put themselves out there. But one thing all content creators agreed on, don't do it for the money. Understand whether you're, you're beginning or you're starting YouTube because you really want to or you're doing it for the hype. YouTube is not that, um, it's not the greatest form of making money in South Africa right now. I think if you're doing this for the money, uh, you're gonna have a rude awakening, basically. The thing is, creating content for YouTube isn't as easy as it looks. For one, video equipment is expensive, and the initial setup can set you back thousands of rands if you want your quality to stand out. It's also time consuming. Content creators have to come up with ideas for videos, plan them, film them, edit them, post them, market them. They have to do admin, reply to emails, reply to comments. If you let it, the work can consume your life. And you're not always going to see the fruits of your labor. Subscribers do take a long time um, to happen, you know. Um, I, you know, you spend so much time making this video and you put so much effort into it and you're like, oh my goodness, this is so awesome. This is like the best video I've made yet. And you put it online and you're lucky if you get a couple of views. And for me, I was like, damn, I thought that was such a great video. Overseas, a lot of YouTubers outside actually have uh, management and marketing and PR. They actually have companies that are designed to find YouTubers, to work with them, they get sponsored. South African YouTubers inside, we don't really have a lot of uh, companies or PR backing us up. We're doing everything by ourselves and it's actually quite costly and it's very time consuming to be doing YouTube full time with no um, income or anything like that. And YouTube isn't only physically tiring, it can also take its toll emotionally. Because we create our content from such an honest place, we don't expect people to come back with such negative feedback or such um, 
um, let me say like feedback that doesn't help build because I mean you can be negative and not and criticize us but it must help us get better but there are people who just say horrible things just for the sake of saying horrible things and I mean I think that's that's the worst and you never expect it ever and when it happens it comes at you like a bus in the middle mm. of nowhere Unfortunately, some of YouTube's challenges are also directly linked to being South African, from targeting local audiences to YouTube's biased search and recommendation algorithms. Your average South African internet is not a priority at all. YouTube is not even on our minds, basically. We still have like basic needs on our mind. So like, your average South African is not sitting on the internet. We, we have no money to sit on the internet and watch mindless videos. Data is so expensive, like I said. So, not many people are spending their um, expensive data on YouTube, you know? There's also a big debate whether or not the algorithms with YouTube actually are in favor of South African YouTubers. If a South African viewer, if a person goes onto YouTube and is searching uh, for videos or watching content on YouTube, are they actually being shown South African content and that's a massive debate whether or not we are in comparison to American YouTubers or uh, YouTubers from the UK because a lot of South African YouTubers have felt that their content isn't being shown um, through the algorithms that YouTube has put into place. So YouTube is hard and being South African makes it a little bit harder but it can also make it easier to make money. We'll get to that in a minute. First, here's Sibum Panza outlining the most common ways to make money on the platform. Well, there's three different ways in which um, I mainly earn money. So the first one is via Google from those ads, you know, those five second ads that before um, a video starts. The second way um, is, for example, my first ever was on Standard Bank. And basically what happened is that I was in an ad for them. So they used my face as a social media personality. And then the third way, which is way more frequent, is when I create content for that brand. So the brand comes to me, see we have an idea, we have a product, we'd like you to share it with your viewers, and then I'll see if it makes sense um, to share it with my viewers and then come up with a creative way um, to advertise it on my channel. So those are definitely the ways in which um, I would make money and sponsorships are the main way um, I have an income. So you have three options, YouTube views, sponsorship, and creating content for brands. Let's start with views. AdSense, YouTube's program that allows creators to monetize their videos, provides a very small amount of revenue. And if you're just starting, it could take ages to meet the requirements for YouTube to even pay you out. In fact, in January, YouTube changed its policy so that only when creators have accumulated 4,000 hours of watch time in the last 12 months and have 1,000 subscribers, only then can they get paid out. To top it off, the company has been having trouble with unfairly demonetizing videos that don't violate its community guidelines. An issue so big, it's been dubbed the adpocalypse. And it's targeting South Africans too. Even for me, they've demonetized a lot of my videos, so I don't get um, money from YouTube as much as I did before the adpocalypse. Most of the videos that they demonetize are videos where I talk about race, gender, um, social issues in general, to be honest with you. Hey, I could be speaking about the mildest thing but if I even say like queer folk in my videos, I know it'll get demonetized. If I say white privilege in my videos, I know it'll get demonetized. But most of the income comes from uh, the brand collaborations. 
AdSense, in essence, is not a viable way to make money, and even American and British YouTubers branch out into other avenues for revenue. Often they turn to brands. And here's where being South African can help. Sibu, one of the few South Africans doing YouTube full-time, sees the plus side of keeping his audience local. So a lot of the people who watch my channel right now are varsity students or people who've just started work. Because of the content that I make, yes, it does keep it South African, but funnily enough, I found that a lot of people from overseas do watch. The people who do watch my channel, a lot of them are the people who have uh, the buying power in South Africa. Um, I do get a lot of sponsorship deals. Because Sibu's viewers are largely South African, brands are more likely to want to work with him because they can sell their products to his audience. To top it off, the South African pool of content creators is far smaller than in countries like the UK. So you have less competition when it comes to brand sponsorship. Unfortunately, Sibu's financial success makes him an outlier in South Africa. Most South African YouTubers have other jobs, with YouTube functioning as a passion project that brings in little revenue. Even when creators are working with brands, it doesn't always mean they'll be earning enough. Hale's World, whose most popular video has over 1.4 million views, still doesn't work with enough brands to make a living out of the income alone. Brands and stuff are like sponsoring content and doing campaigns and stuff with YouTubers in South Africa. But I don't know, I just feel like nowhere near enough to yet make a living, if you know what I'm saying. And some are wary to work with major companies at all, worried it will affect their content and their brand. When I get involved with sponsors, when I start thinking about money and sponsors and company, I'm scared I'm going to like lose the sense of myself. I, at the beginning, was very much like, we just, you know, let's just maybe say yes to the things that come about. And Bongek and Timbu were just like, no, like, there has to be a point. There has to be a reason for being. And it's not just about, oh, yeah, we can definitely adapt. Yes, we can adapt, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's the right decision to make for the brand. Don't compromise yourself just because you want to be able to say you got to work with X. Um, I think a lot of the time what people don't realize is that a lot of brand activity or brand campaigns, when, 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 when brands are calling influencers to jump on board, there's a bigger plan that that is contributing to. And a lot of the time you don't have full sight of what that is. So sometimes it often feels like we're being used as tools to be able to meet their objectives and meet their targets and so they can make their money. Um, and often we're not given the opportunity to creatively contribute to the ideation process. So often it will be a case of this is the campaign. These are the type of tweets we need you to tweet. Please, can you do that for us? As opposed to what we are starting to get a lot more of now, this is the campaign. We don't actually have a concept. We would love you guys to come back to us with the concept for this content. But luckily, there is a way to work with brands that doesn't affect content at all. One that uses your skills for them without affecting you. There's many, many, many different ways. You can either uh, manage a corporate social media or you can um, charge for event uh, attendance or giving lectures. So there's many different ways. It's just about, as a YouTuber, finding out which ways work for you, which ways work for the type of content you create, and do you have the skills and the knowledge to tap into many different ways or certain ways of monetizing your business. There's also a fourth option, asking viewers to pay for premium content with platforms like Patreon. What this usually entails is viewers paying a monthly fee to receive extra content that could include anything like private live streams, personal phone calls, or even YouTube advice. But it's risky. While many of the creators I spoke to are considering such platforms, it seems unlikely their audiences will pay up. Michael pins us down to a mistrust in paying money online in South Africa. 
South Africans are still hesitant and still in the old mentality that we need to be in a physical shop to buy something rather than buying it online. There's that trust um, issue that we have. From speaking to YouTubers, all of whom said they would love to do it full time if they could, I found that not many have figured out a way to do it. For now, it seems that working with brands is the only viable option to make money from the content you create, but the rest is up to you. I mean, I think it feels full-time. It feels like a full-time second job. Um, Unfortunately, it's not paying like a full-time second job, (laughs) so we can't actually leave our current day jobs. So, you figured out your content, your plan for earning revenue, and you're ready to enter the South African YouTube space. Next, you should consider reaching out to others like you, otherwise known as the YouTube community, air quotes. In South Africa, it's pretty small and it's often separated by the genre of content you create, be it makeup or first-person talking, lifestyle, vlogging, etc. From what I can tell, there isn't a one-size-fits-all when it comes to being part of such a community. Some I spoke to swear by it and others, you know, not so much. I feel like in terms of YouTube, YouTube community is a very, it's kind of like an oxymoron because YouTube, um, it's, YouTube is one big fat rat race Um, and everyone wants to get to the top. Everyone wants the most number of subscribers. Uh, Everyone wants their channel to be the best. So the fact that there's this YouTube community, some YouTuber started this, this YouTube community thing. It's a bit mind, it's, I can't really grasp it. But having said that, I will say that the South African YouTube community is, it seems a lot better and a lot more supportive and a lot more tight-knit than the international scene. Honest, honest, honest opinion, the, the, the relationships I've seen in the South African YouTube community, there really isn't any support from anybody. I think everybody's just trying to climb to the top as quickly as possible. Uh, people aren't really inspiring each other the way I would have assumed uh, we would because when you look at YouTubers internationally, they're always collaborating, they're always working together. So this side, I've noticed a bit of a um, split or like everybody's just trying to do their own thing. And I think it's there's a lot of competition in the South African YouTube community. As much as it is an individual game, it's all a community game. So if you grow another YouTuber, you will see the industry grow and you'll see yourself benefiting from that as well. Working with other YouTubers goes a long way because the cross-pollination almost of, of audiences is what, is what helps you kind of rise because your audience and my, maybe your audience don't know that I exist and my audience doesn't know that you exist. But the moment I'm on your channel, it's like, oh my gosh. And there's been so many people that I've seen who will come into our comment sections if, let's say, collaborating with Cynthia. And it's like, oh my gosh, I didn't know about Cynthia. Let me go check out her channel. Um, so, I mean, that, that's something that we try to do as often as we possibly can. Again, thanks to the relatively small South African community, it's actually pretty easy to get in touch with other South African YouTubers. Um, on Facebook, there's a, a big group called um, YouTube South Africa, um, and a lot of the, the creators um, discuss various videos, share their content. I know there's been a few meetups in Johannesburg and Cape Town. Uh, Michael Cost is a well-known YouTuber, and Rob the Ranger is one of the top in the country. They're all part of that group. You can always look on Twitter or Instagram or even Facebook for hashtag YouTubeZA. Uh, last year, I hosted Twitter chats every Tuesday afternoon, 
and it trended every Tuesday afternoon. And that was all about growing the community or talking about subjects that we need to talk about as South African YouTubers or even African YouTubers. And it was just about networking and learning from each other. The key is never be afraid to ask for help because as it turns out, these people give some pretty good advice. I asked the creators for tips and tricks that might help an up-and-coming South African YouTuber. Gareth Mason, a full-time digital marketing specialist, had some great tips for search engine optimization, or SEO, which helps make your content easier for viewers to find. Here's him talking about a program called vidIQ that helps you choose keywords for your titles and your tags. Uh, there's a lot of YouTube um, SEO programs that you can find online. Um, like I particularly use vidIQ. And it's, it, it can be free, but you can also pay for it. And it just shows you what keyword you can use. So you can type in, for example, me, let's say South African rugby. Now that keyword, it will give you the competition um, and the search volume. So you can see if it's good or bad, and then you decide whether or not to use it. And from that, any different genre that people want to use or theme, they can follow up in that example. But it's important to follow those small techniques of keyword selection, a good title, and have a good reasoning behind your, your, your story or your content. And here's Sibu on using various social media platforms to your advantage. Because I'm a YouTuber doesn't mean that I'm not going to use Twitter now, now I'm not going to use Facebook and Instagram. So you have to always make sure that you're creating a sort of, I don't know if holistic is the word, but a well-rounded um, social media audience. Yeah, that helps a lot. In a similar vein, Michael Cost recommends engaging with your audience. So reply to the comments because those people are spending their time on your channel. So at least take the time out to acknowledge them, to realize that they are giving you their time. So give a little bit of your time. And the ladies at Pop Culture echo that sentiment, saying that it's important to appreciate your subscribers, no matter the number. The 100 is amazing, and we always encourage anybody who is starting a YouTube channel to appreciate that 100. Appreciate the three that subscribe, um, because at the end of the day, it's the three people that you never had before, and it's the three people who've actually taken the time to use their data to watch your content. So you have to treat it as though it's the million people that have subscribed to your channel. I mean, we had when we got 100 subscribers, we had like we popped champagne. We we're like, ah, 100 people actually want to watch us, and now we're on 6,000, and it's like, oh, okay. Uh, Who are you people? (laughs) (laughs) But the most important thing? Consistency is key. The more consistent you are, be consistent. Keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Be consistent in your upload times, in the content that you put out, in your communication and your engagement with your viewers, because all of that ties together into something that people want to come back to. But before you keep going, just start. I would like to thank the YouTubers who took time out of the day to provide content for this episode, namely Gareth Mason, Hales World, Naledi Malela, Sandira Chetty, Michael Cost, the wonderful ladies of pop culture, and Sibum Panza. I really appreciate the time. And to round it off, I asked them to list their favorite South African YouTubers. So here they are. If you're looking for inspiration, check these guys out. Brother Ranger, Sheldon's 
and Michael Cost. Michael Cost. Hales World, Steph Rust, Suzelle DIY, Fensem, Mwase. Fensem, Mwase. Cynthia Moyen, who runs the A1. Anarchadium. 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 OK Wasabi. OK Wasabi. Zande Channel. Bab Culture. Colored mentality. Nosipo Klanga. Just got the Spanish makeup. Jessica Ricketts. Michali. There's so many. It's actually quite a lot of YouTubers I like. You can't put me on the spot. <laughs> I'm <like>. sorry. <laughs>